calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, Anita Flores. Each new episode, I have a special guest, and today is no different. Today, we have a writer, an actress, and a crazy ex-girlfriend star and creator of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so good. I mean, what a joy to just talk about Frasier. I, I mean, I um, I think I always like to talk about how I end up getting people to do this podcast. So this feels like a good time to mention the reason that I even know that you're a Frasier fan. And I, I once I find the name, I will tweet her. But somebody who listens to my podcast said, just tweeted at me, did you know Rachel Bloom is a fan of Frasier? That's how I found out. I had no idea. But then today, uh, it I, I was looking at your public Facebook page and it said one of your interests was Frasier. And that's yes. currently all I have to go off of. So um, I am very curious. Uh, what is your history with, with the show Frasier? How did you get into it? When did you get into it? Well, I watched every episode with my parents growing up. Um, we were big. It was a, We were a big TV household. What would happen is my mom would tape all of the TV shows of the week and put them on one VHS and then we'd watch them all on Friday night. Nice. Sometimes we'd, you know, watch a couple live here and there, but um, Frasier was one of those that, that premiered at just the right time where I really had memories starting to form. And so I, I, I watched every single episode uh, with my parents and it was like very important and formative. And then some, sometime around just after I graduated college, I I started watching it again, but like more ironically, because it's such mm-hmm. a kind of highbrow show and it's so Noel Cowardy, you know, it, and and on purpose, obviously. And so there was a there was kind of um an ironic comfort to rewatching Frasier for sure for like a person in their early twenties, and then in my mid twenties, I was like, oh wait, no, 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 there's a reason I love watching this. It's because it's a great show. And it's a really well done and structured show and and all of the kind of silly parts. It it knows it's being silly. That's that's part of the point. It's um 
it's truly like filmed theater, right. which I think is what's lacking in most multicams is the idea that television in general, but especially multicam, it, you know, it stems from recording stage performances. It comes from vaudeville and stage actors doing vaudeville. And so it embracing its staginess um, became just like, at first it was kind of ironic for me. And then it was like, no, I love this show. This is a great show. And now it's my comfort show. It's what I watch when I'm on um, work trips or like when I feel sad, I watch Frasier. Well, I have to say, I feel like it's extra special. Like I too grow, grew up watching the show and then started rewatching it once it was on Netflix. Um, but I do feel like, and it sounds like similar to you because I used to watch it with my mom. Uh, there's like, not only do you have the appreciation now that it's like a well-written show, but there's like a very nostalgic part of it for me. That's like a big reason I go back to it. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, it's on a side note, it is so funny to me that Kelsey Grammer is a known Republican, but is playing no. this kind of almost cartoon of a, <laughs> of a, of a, of a liberal artsy person in Seattle, which, uh, uh I just think is very, very interesting. Obviously started with cheers, but, um, yeah, I, I love Frasier. Did you watch cheers? I did not. I did. It's, I watched it so young mm -hmm. that all I remember is watching the cheers series finale. I remember that and I was but I was quite yeah I want to look this up when did because Frasier premiered in 93 93 yeah yeah so that's yeah so I was six okay and so like so Cheers series finale was when I was five and I remember weirdly watching that wow with my parents yeah I have that memory but so Frasier came at the right time um when I really just started to have real memories sure and do you have a favorite character or a few favorite characters from Frasier oh boy I mean <laughs> I mean they're all so great um I mean talking from a sketch comedy perspective where you learn in sketch like you learn this term game which is the pattern of comedic behavior each one of those characters have ha all of them have such strong games there mm -hmm. isn't um a single boring straight man on the show right the lead is the is arguably the most outrageous character, which is so interesting to me, and definitely an inspiration in creating my own work. But uh, no, no, uh, Niles. Yeah, that's I most every time I've asked this question, it's usually either been Niles or Roz. That has been oh. generally yeah, and I can understand. I mean, Niles is definitely my favorite character. Um, I mean, I don't want to skip around too much, but I, I do very much want to ask you, um, and we can come back to more Frasier, Frasier questions, but I wanted to try and combine universes. So what I tend to do when I watch shows, especially because I have this podcast, is when I watch other shows, I start thinking like, who's the, who's the Frasier of this show? Who's the Niles mm. of this show? So... Um, when I uh, did this, uh, when I recorded my episode with Joe Keenan, the executive producer of Frasier, he told me that uh, the idea of doing a Frasier musical had been pitched. It did not happen oh. because of the amount of work that would have had to go into it. That was like the number one reason. But I'm always thinking about Frasier the musical and I watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So I thought, you know, what would Frasier the musical look like with the cast of characters on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So mm. I made a list. 
I made a list and I'd love to hear your input on if you think these crazy ex-girlfriend characters could fill in the shoes of these Frasier characters. Okay. Um, so first, I felt like inevitably Rebecca. Oh, and also there's no rules in terms of, you know, gender or ethnicity. It's it's anything of goes. So I, when I agree or disagree, should I say something? Or, absolutely. Or? Yes. Okay, great. I don't know if you wanted me to weigh in after you told. Okay, go on. Yeah, feel free to cast this whole thing if if the if none of this uh, fits. So Frasier, I think, would be Rebecca, of course. Yeah, I think. Um, okay, so I thought Paula would be Niles. Yes, and I and I do want to say, around the time we were thinking of the show, this is not on Aline's end; it's only my end. Um, I had just read it, uh, an, an article about the creation of Frasier, and how. They were thinking, okay, who could his friends be? And the idea of Niles being a more Frasier-y Frasier. And I read an interview where David Hyde Pierce was saying that when he first read it, he's like, I don't understand. This is the same character. What's the difference? And then he he went to the table read and he said, oh my God, I get it. This is, this is brilliant. This is a way to, um, it, it's a more exaggerated version of the protagonist. And that was definitely the idea of Paula of what, who is a friend, who's someone in Rebecca's life that she could have that is almost more intense right. about the premise of the show than she is. And that, on my end, when I was um, brainstorming my end, that interview rang in my mind of, okay, instead of someone who's like, don't stop, Josh, you shouldn't do this. No, no, no. Who's someone who's going to yes and who's even like more into the premise? And I think that's just an right. improv mentality too of like, Rather than making us, you know, a, a secondary, a second banana, someone who's like, I disagree with the, the premise of this. And and it's different when it's family, because obviously you have that in Martin. Um, it's, it's so much more interesting to like, okay, who's someone that's even doing the show more than right. the lead character? Right, right, um, right. And being like, yeah, this is the premise of the show, and I'm going to do it even better and more than the protagonist. So totally agree so far. So um, I definitely, now it makes sense to me as I'm thinking about it. My favorite character on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is Paula. She's my yeah. favorite. She's my favorite. Every, yeah. Everyone's fantastic, but. You yeah, know, of course. Similar, She's denial. She She is. And similarly, like, this is me just projecting myself, but I feel like both Frasier, or sorry, both um, Paula and Niles are very relatable characters. Like, Niles definitely messed up my whole idea that, you know, it you know loving someone from afar is this like very romantic thing and in reality mm -hmm. things probably wouldn't work out the way they do on the show but Paula very much reminded me of just being friends with somebody who sort of your their life sort of bleeds into your life and I feel like mm. both of those characters uh end up shouldering a lot of the problems that the main characters have yeah yeah Aline says something interesting because she comes from writing rom-coms for studios and she uses this term protect the lead mm -hmm. and when you're writing a big studio comedy it's you kind of outsource the worst parts of the characters to the second banana that's why you have the person who's like girl go get him or just like trash him right. and so the lead can be like no i'm not going to do that mm -hmm. and for the first season a lot of it was that it was because rebecca was in denial paula had to be the one to also state, to not only protect the lead, but state the premise of the show. Mm -hmm. You're in love with Josh Chan. This is what our show's about. Right. And then 
the fun of upending that as we got into later seasons of Rebecca surpassing Paula Mm -hmm. and it not being a sitcom thing anymore. It being like, oh, no, this is this is a serious problem. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, the rest of the list, Daphne, uh, I thought Josh Chan would be a good fit because Mm -hmm. he seemingly, I think both of them are a bit off in their own worlds and have a, 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 a kind of enthusiasm that feels slightly, uh, I don't know, less realistic. I, it's hard. Yeah, that, that's immediately who I went to. What are your, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, that's interesting. I think you may be right because, um, I mean, we definitely got mileage out of Josh Chan not being the brightest bulb <laughs> in the in the light in the lamp store um but i think similarly it's not like daphne's not smart but they definitely get a lot of mileage out of her being just fucking weird sure and (laughs) it's that similar kind of when in doubt go to the daphne well of of something that happened to her back in manchester or the fact that she's psychic or just her weird point of view on things so yeah i would agree with that yeah i think there was i mean that's what i loved about watching josh as a character there's just like a lot more there's a lot more to him than I didn't expect. Yeah, and and Daphne became very real. Uh, obviously, as the show went on, she really they really fleshed her out, and she became quite three dimensional. Well, actually, mm. this brings me to a separate point. There's just so many things. There's so many questions. Um, and my producer Caitlin uh, Moldenhauer is a, is a big fan of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, so I also um, asked her if she had any questions uh, for you about Frasier. So one of those questions is, you were talking about Daphne's storyline. Now, one thing that I found to be a slightly problematic was how they sort of tried to flesh out her very real pregnancy and how mm-hmm. in the show, mm-hmm. like it becomes this thing where they send her to fat camp. And so Caitlin's question, which I think is a very good question, is given that, uh, well, I don't. what would you say the breakdown is of um, the, I mean, the, the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is created by women. And when I watch the show, there's very, you can tell it's great. It's it's relatable. And when you look at a show like Frasier, it was written by a lot of men, meaning that those yeah. female characters that we love were fleshed out by men with that storyline that was like, eh, slightly pl- problematic. So I'm curious, it, maybe it doesn't have to be the, that plot line of what happened with Daphne and, and the fact that they tried to cover her real-life pregnancy with this this um, gaining weight plot line, but is there any plot line on Frasier that you would ever rewrite, like, if you could God. from a from a woman's perspective, and would you change that? Well, I would maybe rethink the arc of Daphne and Niles getting together and then staying together um, because mm-hmm. I, I rewatched it recently. And um, a lot of it is about once she hears Niles is in love with her, she just suddenly has a crush on him. She starts obsessing mm-hmm. over him, which, which is very true. That's what happens. Um, but I kind of wanted a little bit more insight on like the qualities in him that she was suddenly seeing and the ways they actually were compatible as people. Mm-hmm. And this is just a general thought on the show of okay you know you can fall in love there's infatuation having a relationship is different and the show and the show did that yeah um I think I, I think I have the like criticism that a lot of fans of Frasier do which is once you get Niles and Daphne together mm-hmm. you take away that tension 
Right. You just Absolutely. take away the central tension. And they fought, but it wasn't enough conflict um, to keep that tension going. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not coming at this from a woman's perspective. I'm sorry. I'm coming at this from more of just like a story and deconstruction, deconstructing relationships perspective. I mean, as far as like storylines with women, I would say that Frazier has some of the general stuff that Seinfeld does, which is he only dates absolutely gorgeous women. Right. Yes. <laughs> and and models and like, yeah. and to the point of like their models and, and some of them are, are less modely than others. Sure. Um, he does but, date like three models, like actual, you know, yeah, on the show, their models. <laughs> I would say that's my general note of this just kind of, I'm not saying that models don't date people who look like Frasier. They, sure. they do. Um, I just would have, uh, I don't know. I crave more aesthetic variety. Sure. And and he did, and he did date women his own age. He, he, he actually did. Um, it, it, so it's, it's way better than other shows in that sense but um i don't know like it, it's there were so many women who were like beyond gorgeous yeah, yeah that yeah. it's like i mean someone should call this out <laughs> there were there's so just gorgeous yeah i mean there were a, like one or two episodes or one of my favorites was when he has three dates in the same night yeah. And that was I, I that's happened he had a different there was a different episode where uh Martin moves out and then thinks Niles is trying to kill him so that Daphne will keep working there and they're living together but then Fraser has a date and then he keeps thinking the date's coming but it's like a different family of a uh, different member of his family each time. Um this has nothing to do with anything. If anything, <laughs> I'm just saying I the one thing that I will say that makes sense is that with all of these very attractive women, he always screws it up. So that's believable. Uh That, that is believable. That is that is believable. Um, I, I, you know, there's nothing when I watch it that I'm like, "Ooh, super dated." I think it was actually quite progressive. I think that you you tried to define line like some might say like, okay, the Maris we never see, she was like this, you know, frigid woman. Like there's this idea of the frigid woman. Same same thing with Lilith, right? Sure. Lilith, the, the frigid woman. But then um they deconstructed Maris a lot more. And then Lilith had that whole story where she where she had where she slept with Niles. Right, right. And right. she was very passionate. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I actually do think they deconstructed their own tropes pretty well. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of notes for Frasier. And that's okay. Um, I think one of the things that I also was thinking about in terms of perhaps something that Frasier and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh, have in common is Frasier was, uh, in terms of their treatment of queer plot lines, I did a whole episode, yeah. I did a whole episode of this uh, show or my uh, podcast called The Queerness of Frasier. Um, and uh, we, uh, my guest, Anthony Oliveira, super funny, he's on Twitter. We talked about just their treatment of queer storylines and how despite, the, even though there weren't like a majority of episodes dealing with, you know, um, gay men, there were a number of episodes, including one that got a GLAAD award, which was the Matchmaker episode where uh, the station manager thinks that Frasier is gay, but he's actually asking him out on behalf of Daphne. Um, so similarly to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I feel like both shows did a good job of not making like the person's sexuality the butt of the joke. It was more of like the character. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, same thing. It's interesting. There's something they did a Patrick Stewart episode where yep. Patrick Stewart thought Frazier was gay and Frazier was taking advantage <laughs> of him because he's like, this is an amazing life. And I think that they called out their own trope, which is Frazier did seem what you would call, especially at that time, stereotypically gay. Sure. And so it was good that they called that out and that people gay people got mixed messages from him it's actually it was quite progressive right yeah yeah yeah, for sure I mean you have some of the best like Frazier had some of the best sitcom writers in in the world on it so you have um uh this guy David Lloyd Mm -hmm. um who uh oh god he he worked on all of these um uh, sitcoms in the 70s. He uh, was, I believe, one of the co-creators of Cheers. Um, his um, his son is Chris Lloyd, one of the co-creators of Modern Family. Oh my gosh! Um, and and Chris's and then Chris's brother Stephen, who I know really well, is uh, now writes on Modern Family. Was one of the higher ups on How I Met Your Mother, and I met him through my husband. And Stephen Lloyd was my first showrunner on the first. Um, a show that I ever pitched. Wow. Okay. So I and he sat in on the Fraser Writers Room a couple times. Wow. And I said, and when he because his his dad wrote on it, and then I think his older brother was writing on it, and then and I said, what was it like? He went, he was it was the best TV writers all writing in the same room. He just said it was it was a stunning and intimidating writers room. Uh, I can definitely imagine. I it was actually we talked a lot about um in the queerness of Frasier episode and with Joe Keenan, this idea of how well Frasier does farce. Yes. And just, and, and listening to Joe Keenan just talk about that was, it felt like almost a mathematical equation, just yeah. the work that goes into creating these little bumps in the road that create, you know, this giant obstacle and everything comes spilling out at the end. Um, which leads me to my next question. Um, so, like, one of my favorite episodes that's very farcical is the Ski Lodge, where, oh, yes, you know the Ski Lodge. I don't even have to explain it to you. Um, did, I don't think I asked you this. What are some of your favorite Frasier episodes? So one episode that sticks out to me is the episode where um, uh, Frasier's about to get an award, and he's not happy about it, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. And he goes to his former psychiatry uh, mentor or I think it's college and they analyze mm-hmm. why or, or why is it important that Frazier get validation from this teacher I think it is mm-hmm. and it just and I think he misses the award yeah because he um and then I think that's the episode that inspires him to go back into private practice I if I so. I think you're right um so those episodes that really get into that, I mean, the episode where Frasier keeps having the dream about sleeping with Gil, if we're oh, talking about yeah. queer narratives, mm-hmm. where it's like, why am I having this dream? I think there's a, a period where he thinks he's gay. Um, and then the, the end of the episode being that Freud comes into the dream and says you figured it out. And then he also tries to fuck Frasier. That's just like, <laughs> oh my God, what a great heightening. Um, I think things that really like, things that are smart and use the fact that he's a psychiatrist right. to create smart and um interesting storylines I, I similarly I, I love the episode where freddie is over and he's trying to parent trap fraser mm-hmm. and lilith back together and it's like oh my god he's sad and lilith is like wait a second this doesn't fucking track <laughs> and they realize oh no he's been manipulating them the whole time and just only that show could do a storyline like that for sure and it's I think you mentioned this earlier, 
it really is like watching a play almost that I think that's, it is. that's what and that's what doesn't feel and that's what I didn't really pick up on when I was much younger watching it in real time but now I'm like that like I I've so I did an episode of my podcast uh about Kelsey Grammer's autobiography which by the way he I have read it oh and so far you can so far and you can also listen to it that's how I oh boy. I should have said that I didn't read it <laughs> I, <laughs> I got the audiobook um that he reads uh and where was I going with this oh right and at first I was surprised and I didn't realize he didn't actually have a comedic background and it just makes all the sense in the world like I at this point I couldn't imagine anyone else playing him but I did just learn because I did go to um, Inside the Actors Studio is taping new episodes right now with different uh, guest um, uh, hosts, not James Mm. Lipton. So I just went uh, about a month ago to see Kelsey Grammer uh, interview James Burroughs, which was super interesting. And because James Burroughs, I mean, he directed a a bunch of Cheers and then he directed some episodes of Frasier, but he said... Uh, the reason that uh, Kelsey Grammer ended up as Frasier was because John Lithgow turned it down. Yes. And I had, yes. I did not know that. I mean, I could see it, but on the other hand, I was like, I just thought it was really interesting. Like a lot of sitcoms um, or some have been helmed by comedians and they're all actors. Like, and it just, that's why it worked so well. Cause it just. Well, here's the weird, yeah. but here's the weird thing mm-hmm. is that, is that, I mean, thinking about stuff mushrooming in ways that you could never expect, you know, that was a that was a guest star on Cheers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they offered it to John Lithgow, who I think at the time was this character actor. Mm-hmm. And then he turned it down because he's like, yeah, it's a guest, you know, he's busy or whatever. And the fact that Kelsey Grammer got it and then just who would have imagined that that guest star would then turn into, you know, the longest, I think it's the longest uh running fictitious role that someone has played on network television and then it's only been surpassed by like svu or something sure yeah you can't be Um, svu or the simpsons but yeah go ahead (laughs) yeah it's something maybe it's it's for a while he he played fraser fraser for it was something like 20 straight years yeah yeah um so i think that's quite interesting that yeah john lithgow turned it down he didn't turn down Frasier the sitcom he turned down a guest star mm, I didn't think of that touche touche which show it just goes to show you never know <laughs> you never you never fucking you never know I mean it's not John Lithgow has a fantastic career obviously, <laughs> so it's not like I don't know if it's keeping him up at night but this idea of saying yes um, and you don't know where it's gonna lead yeah you just don't you just don't know but uh I read so far when I was in middle school again because we were big Frasier. Yeah, yeah, and all the stories about Whoa. his cocaine and being abused by his wife and um, his sister. I mean, he was. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot. I can't that part. believe um, I can't believe you read that. Oh, that's that's a young age to learn yeah, about kid. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I could take it. Unrelated, in terms of the way mental health is handled on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it's definitely one of the most like to me personally realistic depictions of just uh all kinds of stuff uh, i mean i i rewatched today um uh the attempted suicide episode and it's an, it's an incredible episode and it did bring bring me back to something about fraser which 
I always laugh about, which is the the you know like the styles of um, of therapy that Niles and Fraser practice are not ones that are particularly popular today. Like Fraser no. is you know um, a Freudian, and Niles is a Jungian Jungian. So. This leads to a fan question that somebody uh, had, which is, if Rebecca went to Frasier for therapy, who could she have been a good match with? As in, Mm. we've got Frasier Crane, we've got Niles Crane, and we've got Lilith, because she's also a... What does she do? What's her style of... That is the question. I'm not sure. I I, like... The only clue, in my opinion, I have to the kind of therapist she might be, there's a perfect breakdown of their styles right after she sleeps with Frasier. And they all have their own explanation as to why she slept with Niles. So Niles is all about the id and the superego. And Frasier says that this all has to do with Niles trying to get back at Frasier because Frasier's more successful than him career-wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then from Lilith says the most logical thing, which is something like, you know, she at the time she had just been left by her husband who um, leaves her for a man and she's feeling very vulnerable and she's feeling like she's not desirable. And then, you know, having sex with Niles made her feel desirable. So basing, based off th- that episode alone, I would think Rebecca should go to see Lilith, but that's just my opinion. I agree. I think she should see a woman um, yeah. in general, but um, yeah, that, that sounds exactly like just, just kind of taking out the like, deep analysis and going okay practically how are you feeling right now i think that that is really important i had to re-google jungian because i took a class in freudian psychoanalysis in college so Mm -hmm. i know freud stuff a a little bit says the overarching goal of jungian psychology is the attainment of self through individuation i mean that's kind of what we did in our series finale so i think it would go lilith niles and then fraser i think fraser would i think she'd gravitate towards fraser because he seemed he would seem like a um, male authority figure that she would um, trust. Right. Uh, you know, she has these father issues, not to get Freudian <laughs> with it. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's something to um, Freudian psychoanalysis where you analyze everything. And if you're already doing that yeah, a lot with your life, uh, she knows her parents are fucked up. Mm-hmm. She she knows all that. So I think that she she needed someone who is a little more like, how do you feel right now? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like less sterile. Right. Less sterile, less sterile. Um, So I was looking for similarities between Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Frasier. One thing that I found to be similar in a positive way was sort of the way Frasier ends and the way Crazy Ex-Girlfriend ends, which in both cases to me is a bit of a question mark. As in Mm -hmm. Frasier at the end of the series um, ends up following Charlotte, played by Laura Linney, to Chicago. And you don't know what happens you don't know if Mm -hmm. it works out that's just the way it ends and then in crazy ex-girlfriend you don't get to hear the song that uh, Mm -hmm. rebecca's gonna sing which i liked so my question is do you feel like in when you when you see the end of a series or what in your own writing do you do you like to write things that end on that sort of question mark or do you think it's sort of just dependent on the story and it's like sort of individual with every different show I think it's individual with every show Uh, to us. We were telling a character journey and we very much saw it it as a a snippet of a character's life. 
Mm-hmm. This was it was always only a four season show. This is a a short, a relatively short period of time in a young woman's life. Um, so that period of time has has a beginning, middle, and end. But but it is um, in some ways it's it's a prequel to the rest of her life. I mean, we could say that every day we live is an interesting, you know, a prequel to the rest of our lives. And I think that um, I love the way I love the way Fraser ended because the whole show was about his search for love. Mm-hmm. and his search for just finding someone who made him feel good and not overanalyzing it, someone who just made him feel like a better version of himself mm-hmm. and that he chose that over like what seemed better like a career move. Right. right, um, right. I thought was really, really strong and cool, and I think that it was it was a lovely, really elegant ending because like what are you going to do, see him – reunite with Laura Linney and then yeah. you know what's going to happen she's going to be super happy and yeah. you know it's it, it it's that's the most his decision revealing his decision is the most important thing because it's a character show I mean it was an ensemble show but it it wasn't um he was the main guy sure that you yeah. that you were rooting for he was always the A story and so I think that once you know what that decision is, everything else is just repetitive and kind of graving Mm -hmm. gravy. So similarly with, with Rebecca, um, once you know what she's doing, it's kind of this unwritable song. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing because also chances are with her. um, She's a beginning songwriter. I don't know how good the song is going to be. I don't, you know, yeah. And so the th- that the important part isn't the song itself, just like the important part isn't him running into Laura Linney's arms himself. The the important part is is the mental change within the character. Right, right, right. Um, now I'm I'm the one who's making making connections between the two shows, but I am curious: Did Frasier, given that it is one of your favorite shows, did it inspire um, anything for you when you were, you know, create creating Crazy? girlfriend did anything about the show appeal to your sensibilities you know while you were writing or I mean I just think anything that's a faithful that that is so good with story structure in general is Mm -hmm. always a an inspiration um just because it's like that yeah that's it has amazing impeccable story structure um I think in general it's it's use of theater people Mm -hmm. good actors to flesh out these big characters that still had that weren't stock mm-hmm. um but they were big i mean harriet harris is his agent my god uh, like you know kristen chenoweth her. was on the show brian stokes mitchell played his rival so i think that yeah. general yeah. the use of of theater and musical theater people yeah. on television i mean nathan lane like it, mm-hmm. it you know it goes on and on with fraser um patty lapone did you know yes that? oh my god i didn't know that until recently who did Patty play? She plays uh, the mom. She like on there. He's not speaking to his cousin Nikos because. Oh, she plays the, the Greek mom. Yes. Of course. I didn't. Oh my god. Somebody pointed that out to me. I was like, "What? It's crazy." That makes sense. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I think that in general, that just seeing them do that is was you know in my mind definitely an inspiration in the casting definitely now i have to bring up the fraser revival which at this point is yeah. still just whispers of a rumor and a picture of kelsey Grammer perhaps holding a script <laughs> i know i saw that so i am curious um 
how do you feel that this about this possibly happening? And do you have any ideas as to what you would hope to see or if you were the one writing this, you know, you don't even have to give me a full plot line, but even like a starting point of, you know, where might this revival take place? Because, you know, last you see him, he, mo- he goes to Chicago. Well, yeah, I guess what I would say is with any of these revivals, I don't really care about plot. Mm-hmm. Um, what I care about is what are you what are you trying to say? I mean, I know that's not very like Hollywoody for me to be like, well, why? Mm-hmm. You know, but OK, why revive something? Why revive a character? Right. What stories can you tell thematically? OK, so we found love. That was the entire series arc of Frasier mm-hmm. is a, a radio psychologist, psychiatrist who cannot find love himself. And they completed that question. So if you just explore his life in Chicago, that's not, you know, what of that? Mm-hmm. That's it's like, okay. Um, that's just like Harry Potter fan fiction. That's just fan fiction. That's just like Fraser goes to buy a newspaper. Which <laughs> Fraser starts a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it would just be like, what are we, what's the question? And um, I think, uh, I mean, I, I think that something that's interesting is now that kind of old school psychiatrist that he was, mm-hmm. um, which is talk therapy combined with medication, which is what Niles was too, is is kind of dying. I actually mm-hmm. have a psychiatrist who um, is not Freudian, but, but he's a psychiatrist who is really like really great with talk therapy and also prescribes. And what's happening now in mental health is that you have psychologists and then you have psychiatrists who mm-hmm. are basically making money by just prescribing, 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 and they're not really doing talk therapy anymore. So mm-hmm. I think there's something interesting with, um, you know, does he have to like relearn mental health stuff? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, it's, mm-hmm. that's interesting to me. Um, this is funny. They were looking for theoretically people to pitch on the Frasier revival and i was still in the middle of crazy x um but my friend my friend from robot chicken who knows i love fraser was like you should pitch on it and i i was just so busy i wouldn't have but but had it been the right time i would have probably tried to put my name in the hat i mean not that i know at all what where they are in this as a possibility but i would like to think that it's not too late for you to pitch (laughs) you know i should look into i should look into it i mean I think it's just the question of what, but with everything, like, are we, I mean, is it real? Daphne and Niles are like still together. Like I love them, but like, is it going to be, I'm not saying people, is it going to be a girl meets world situation? How old Mm -hmm. is Freddie? Is it, you know, well, it's funny. I know the guy who played Freddie. Oh, small. Um, His name, his name is Trevor Einhorn and he's great. Um, who very well could be a psychiatrist in his own right now, oh, you know? Yeah, there you go. Um, there's, I mean, there's something interesting about Freddie moving in with him because, oh, this is my pitch. Freddie has right. to move in with him because he's in medical school uh-huh. and millennials today are like going broke. Right. And so the idea of like, or he's in, medical school to be a psychiatrist and Frazier dealing with like all of the new things he's learning in mental health and having to readjust the way he sees the world. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely I was, I was definitely discussing that as a possibility of them moving in together because it would be sort of the obvious sort of 
recreation of, you know, father and son who are both have very different sensibilities. I would guess that Freddie, similarly, like Frazier and his father were so different, I would assume that it would be a similar um, sort of relationship where they're also they never lived together growing up because they because um, he lived. They with did. Lilith. That's a good point. That's, That's a name. good point. I mean, the obvious catalyst for the show is that Martin has died, right. which unfortunately has happened. Yes. And so that's a catalyst for him coming back mm-hmm. to Seattle. Um, and then something would keep him in Seattle. So that's a, that's a plot catalyst. Sure. I just don't know then what are you, you thematically trying to say? Right. Well, you'll have time to flesh this out at the next pitch meeting that I'm sure you're going to find out about. Oh, okay. I have another. Here's perhaps this is an easier question than uh, mm-hmm. telling me the entire idea for the for the reboot. If you could write yourself in just as a character, it doesn't even have to be a main, could be like, you know, you've got a one episode arc. Is there a character you would love to slip yourself in as? And this can this could be in the world that existed on Frasier. Everyone's still in Seattle. Frasier works at the station. Roz is his producer. Yeah. yeah. I would. I have a storyline for myself. I would be All a right. call that completely stumps him and keeps calling back with like new twists in the story and he finally seeks out this person being like, I want to help you. And the character being like, oh, I just made all that up. I was just like trolling. I was just fucking with you. Have you ever uh, watched the compilations on YouTube of, or no, not on YouTube, just in the end credits of every season finale, you see all oh, of course. The, the people that call in. Do you have a favorite caller for celeb caller? Uh, there are so many people. Um no, they were all good. Yeah, there's a lot. I think my favorite was David Duchovny just because I was like, I, mostly I was like, how like how did they do this? Because at one point, it, well, I guess everyone knew the show because it was coming off of Cheers. But I, I wondered if at the time it was like this thing you hoped would happen to you, like a Frasier mm. producer would call you and be like, do you want to, you know, call in John McEnroe, who was also on, which is I bet so I random. bet they would. I bet they'd also seek it out. I bet people would so? ask their agents and they'd say, I want to be a voiceover on Frasier. And I think that everyone probably were fans and they were our, they were paid with the, you know, the just the flat SAG after a voiceover or SAG voiceover. Rate. Sure. Okay. So I didn't finish. I didn't finish casting Frasier. Please the, finish. Fra- finish. Frasier the musical with crazy ex-girlfriend characters. Um, yeah. If you're listening, listeners. I, I got off topic, but that's okay. Um, okay, so actually, maybe it might be more fun um, also to see if you... Okay, so I'm going to give you a character, and you tell me who... Okay, Greg. Okay. Who, who do you think Greg would embodies? I've got an answer. Mar- Martin. That is a really good answer. I was going to say Roz, but Martin I is would say maybe a comp- Heather's, Heather's Roz, Greg is Martin. Interesting. I had these switched, but now that I think oh. about it, I think you could be right. Um, so then I've got some uh, more minor. Well, let's yeah, see. Heather. Ahead. Yeah, because, well, because Martin comments on things to, like, protect himself. Like, he's snarky to protect himself a little bit, and he, he loves beer. Um, <laughs> and Roz is... Uh, doesn't do it I think as much as for self-protection sure off topic again but but yeah. we were just talking about Harriet Harris so my favorite oh. um not main character recurring character is BB is BB a hundred percent yeah um if if not her is there another character that you really liked on the show who wasn't a regular cast member uh Bulldog's great 
Yeah. Um, he's such a piece of trash. Um, but is that episode where he dates Roz is so great. Um, and Lilith is great. I mean, I any Lilith yeah. episode I love. I love Lilith. I'm a, I he's yeah. so great. We were we basically um, when I had Anthony Oliveira on, I think we were talking about who our crushes on Frasier were, and like as he as a gay man and me as a straight woman both agreed she's got Lilith has this I don't know yes aura I don't know how to describe it but I feel like she's a bit of an icon I would say yeah I agree I agree I wouldn't be surprised if there's a drag queen out there <laughs> who is doing a a, a Lilith a Lilith uh, steering crane impression probably and also Jew openly Jewish um oh yeah yeah which, that's right which is like you know still rare for the 90s people not owning judaism like you know seinfeld wasn't even it was a jewish show but like jerry didn't go to temple on it none of those characters really talked about being jewish which brings me to actually probably the funniest episode of frazier which mm. is the klingon bar mitzvah the klingon bar mitzvah was that a later season it was so freddie's getting bar mitzvah uh -huh. because lilith is jewish mm. and freddie owed oh god the guy at the station who's kind of nerdy and Kenny? was in love with Roz. Oh, what? oh, not Kenny. Um, Noel. No, Noel. Yeah. Noel's pissed at him for ruining a, like a Star Trek figurine or whatever of his. So he, and Noel's also Jewish. Uh-huh. And Frazier asks him to, to, he wants to give, um, he wants to say a speech to Freddie as bar mitzvah in Hebrew. So Noel teaches him Hebrew and he says it. <laughs> and it realized he taught him Klingon as revenge. And it's so good. <laughs> Okay, I have another fan question for you. Oh, and... wait, should we do the characters? Oh, sure, yeah. I'm sorry. There's just so much going on. Okay. Um, all right, so Daryl, I had two answers for Daryl. Um, okay. So, and those are, who does he embody? I think he has sort of the, the nerdy energy of Kenny Daly and the loyalty of Eddie the dog. Oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> That's who I, I think, think he's a I think he's a Kenny. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. a Kenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's he's a Kenny with um I mean everyone kind of almost takes like center stage. So like, you know, I think he's like a Kenny with then like some Fraser realizations. Sure. I like that. Yeah. So Nathaniel at some point is more of a an enemy at the at the yes. very So I yeah. Cast him as Cam Winston. Uh-huh. Yep. I mean. I would agree. Frazier and Cam don't get together. But if they did, it would be an explosive relationship. I'd say he's Cam Winston and then he's also a little bit Roz. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So White Josh, I said, was Bulldog. Now, I think it's layered because to me, White Josh is sort of challenging a stereotype you might see of gay men, I think. Actually, the guy the guy who plays Bulldog is gay. Exactly. But he's playing like the straightest man on earth, uh, a stereotype of a straight man that likes sports. So when I think of Josh, I thought of Bulldog. What are your thoughts? I would, whew, that's a good one. I would say in temperament and relationship to the lead, he's more Eddie. Uh -huh. because Frasier fucking hated Eddie. Yeah. And Eddie didn't really like Frasier, and Eddie was kind of the ultimate commentary on the situation. Sure, sure. Um, also, I th and this is mentioned in um, Kelsey Grammer's autobiography about his beef with the dog, 
with moose. <laughs> and he says in the book, like my favorite quote is something like, um, people want to perpetuate like this myth that I, you know, have this like hatred or something of the dog. And then he, he makes a point of saying, uh, moose is not an actor. He's a dog or something like that. Then during the taping of Inside the Actor Studio, not even, uh, it wasn't even like, no one was talking about Moose. I don't even remember how it came up. He started talking about Moose and he was like, oh yeah, I remember Moose. He would just be growling all the time. We had to give him treats because he he hated John Mahoney. He hated us. And then he said, Moose is a terrorist. That is a direct quote That's from Kelsey amazing. Grammer. I'd be curious oh to see if they keep it in the, in the in the edited version but i thought that was really funny okay the last character i have on here is valencia oh i have a oh. pitch for the i have a pitch for the pilot of the fraser uh, go for it go for it i actually might email my agents and see if they pitch this <laughs> is that you think you think they're home for martin's funeral in the first act uh-huh um but actually it's it's eddie's funeral martin died like a year ago Whoa. and it's eddie's and eddie was like the world's oldest dog i mean I have yet to hear that as a premise. Yeah. So you've heard it here first, listeners. See, and this is you patenting your idea. So no one can take it because you said That's it. That's true. This is basically podcast. like when you send in a script to the Writers Guild and they and they say this script is registered. This is me registering that on a podcast. I mean, I, I, I'm into it. I have uh, one more character and that's Val- yeah. Valencia. So mm. Valencia, I could definitely say some Raz. I think I was trying not to reuse characters so I, mm. I, I, I said Lilith, but I don't know. I oh, feel like there's yes. some dryness there that I feel like um, could overlap. I think I actually think Nathaniel might be Lilith. I'm realizing. Really? Um, maybe. I, Lilith also works for Valencia too. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. But I do have two other casting questions. Great. S- slightly different, but this is more about the revival. So. In the in the case that um, I forgive me, I forgot the character's name who plays Frederick. That you know. Oh oh oh, the the person. Right. Um, Trevor Trevor Reinhorn. So say Trevor did not want to be in this reboot. Yeah. Is there anyone that comes to mind who you think could play Frederick? I've got one. If you need inspiration. I'm trying to think of like who's the right age. Yeah. So let's um, see. And he's probably what. In his thirties, he'd be in his. He was like maybe about my age. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, the person who comes to mind is is Josh Gad. Okay, I could be on board with that. That's so funny. You know, I didn't even think of Josh Gad. I thought of uh, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. That's where my mind went. Oh, I don't actually I don't actually know if that's a good fit. I just think he's so funny. And I was like uh-huh. trying to think of the person who would have the most uh, sort of friction with a, a character like Frasier. I think I'm probably thinking of his character on Schitt's Creek, but I could imagine uh, Frasier uh, not getting along well with somebody who is in the mindset and age that we are with podcasts and not mm-hmm. opera and, and Sherry. So mm-hmm. I thought of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, other question, who, if anyone, and it, this could be previous, like a, a dead, alive, uh, who do you think could have played Maris if you ever saw Maris? Oh, God. 
I, um, I, had she been, had she, if the timing had worked out, Madeline Kahn. Ooh, okay. An emaciated Madeline Kahn. Um, That's uh, a good one. I thought of Lara Flynn um, Boyle, but Madeline yeah, Kahn. Yeah, yeah, Madeline that, that's another one. Madeline Kahn would have been great. Oh, and then if it were now, um, uh, Taylor Swift. Ta- oh, oh, in like what? A, in like a in like a gray in like a gray wig, just just for fun. Whoa! I wonder if Taylor Swift ever watched Frasier. Maybe I'll. Um... I'm gonna guess no, <laughs> but I could be wrong. Uh, so, okay. Oh, so I have a. Uh, another fan question and we'll see she said just ask her Faye or Cassandra oh um oh Faye yeah right Faye's, Faye actually was like such a fit for him obvious choice Cassandra's the the blonde um the mom that he was the the girl from high school right yeah I mean oh no I mean uh, so that that is um, oh oh Cassandra was his neighbor right and yeah, that's no, Faye Faye so Cassandra is actually um, the character who works at the station. She's blonde and she's played by Virginia Madsen. So who you're so the person you're thinking of is the woman Regan who lives across the hall from him. Oh, okay, wait. Who's Cassandra? Cassandra's oh. Cassandra's Cassandra. a, a blonde. Oh yeah. How did he meet her? I think at work. Oh, cause she works wait. she works at KACL. What, what was for her qualities? Because I remember Faye. I'll give you some of her qualities. Great. She honestly, and this is why I feel like Faye is the right answer. So Faye was like a fun, like, you know, really smart pastry chef. Faye, yep. um, Cassandra is seemingly they talk about the fact that she's like wears like a lot of makeup and is like very put together and like blonde. But I don't necessarily know how much they really talk about her personality. It seems like Faye is the choice. Like Martin thinks he, you know, Cassandra is like the greatest thing on earth. Um, but Faye is the one. I forgot who she, she's played by the woman from Judging Amy, I think. I can't remember her yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, oh, oh, Faye, I'm thinking of Lorna. He was the the woman. Yes. Uh, I'm on I'm on the Fraser Reddit and someone is arguing <laughs> that Lorna was the perfect woman and people are, are tearing this person apart. <laughs> Oh man, um, I, this is so. There's a lot of Reddit threads, funny. by the way. I mean, Fraser Reddit um, threads. It's I've never looked up Fraser on Reddit. It's incredible, truly. Um, okay, Reddit. Fraser, twenty four thousand members. Uh, oh God, I have to join that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... read, comment, po- every reaction from Frank. This okay. reminded me of a hilarious exchange. Uh, the Fraser food chain? What? Tiger eats owl, eats lizard, eats cricket? I don't understand what that means. I Sorry, I'm don't. just reading a Reddit. No one wants to hear me read. No, no, I, I'm read saying Reddit. you can really find yourself in a in a in a hole of the Fraser universe. Like um, anyone else have Fraser related dreams? I've had dreams that I'm suddenly a series regular on Fraser <gasps> and I'm friends with everyone. Oh my gosh. Are you as you or as an already existing character? As a new character. There's a revival and I'm a new character. Love it. Um, I've also had Frasier dreams before. Um, and that's the beauty of Frasier is that I've never had any nightmares about Frasier because I've never seen anything yeah. on Frasier, which is why it's a great show to watch before bed, which was confirmed to be by my therapist because I 
like some sort of white noise when I go to bed. And I said to her, she was like, don't watch anything that's going to distract you from going to bed. I was like, but what about Frasier? And she was like, no, no, that's okay. That's fine. Because it's so like right. calming, you know, in in the in the world of the perfect woman for Frasier, do you yeah. feel like there was a, like a character or a woman love interest on the show that he he should have or could have ended up with that was meant for him? I think Faze was fucking great. Yeah. She liked, was awesome. I liked Faye. Oh, and also the, um, the, oh God, the wasn't state- Faye. There was another woman mm-hmm. who was just a brilliant actress. And I was watching that episode and I was like, what a great love interest. And she was very angry at Frasier. Is it Kate Costas, the character, the one who's his boss for a while? And they have. Uh, oh, um, yes. Yes. Ha, ha. Yes. <laughs> Mercedes Rule, of course. Oh, that's her name. She's great. Yeah. I I mean, I thought they had the best chemistry, but yeah, if we're being yeah. real, I feel like Faye, she was cool. I agree. She was great. Well, thank you so much, Rachel Bloom, for being here today. It was, um, I think this was a really eye-opening episode, uh, and I really hope that you end up writing or starring in this revival. Um, is there anything that you have coming up that you want the world to know about the whole world is listening to this podcast <laughs> uh i just checked my website for live tour dates amazing which is racheldoesstuff.com amazing all right thank you so much rachel bloom and until next time good night seattle tune in for a new episode of i'm listening on october 15th with writer and creator of the upcoming animated series you're not a monster co-starring kelsey Grammer as a psychiatrist turned vampire